are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I am not going to try and claim that I'm the guy who automatically hates Michael Bay films. I am also going to say that while there are some Michael Bay films, as dumb as they generally are, that I really genuinely enjoyed the shit out of with all the Bayisms as as it they are. I mean, you look at The Rock, The Rock is still an insanely fun movie. It's dumb as dirt, but wow, does it actually work? Because you can make a dumb and as dirt film if you really know what you're doing as an action filmmaker, which... Most of the time, I'd say Bay really does. He has a very unique, distinctive style. And, and this is very important and essential to this end, if you make it super fun and funny the whole way, which The Rock does in spades, as do a few other of his films. Now, that being said... I really despise most of Michael Bay's films. <laughs> they're, they're like every Transformers film. Sorry, kids. Even the first one is just garbage. And there's no reason to watch it at all. I don't know what to tell you. And his you know most what this recent movie couple, was missing was robot balls. The, this no, movie needed more robot no, balls. No, it did not. Yeah, I think I think Jill and all had robot balls. Yeah, I think we, there was a quick shot. They're <laughs> balls of steel. I'll give them that for sure. But yeah, we're reviewing his latest one, Ambulance, which was made unbelievably for $40 million. I mean, I feel like if you're filming anything for 136 minutes, it costs more than $40 million. I mean, this is a low-budget movie by Michael Bay standards. And, you know, that's fine because you don't have giant robots. You know, you have real-world things. It's kind of nice to see him play in the real world, even though he disregards all laws of real-world physics. Sure. You know, we don't have to deal with a bunch of crazy, weird Michael Bay shit other than like, hey, that blew up real good. (laughs) Yeah. things. If you like seeing things blow up real good in Michael Bay's distinctive cinematic style and his over-the-top characters, well, Ambulance is the movie that's going to give you those things. The biggest problem of this film isn't going to be the ridiculousness of the insipid plot, because Jesus, it really is. Like, you think about it for an eighth of a second, and the entire thing collapses like a house of cards on multiple occasions. That's not really the biggest problem here. The biggest problem is that it's 136 fucking minutes long, and there is absolutely no reason it should be that long. The original Danish film, this is a remake of, is 80 minutes long. Yes. This should have been... 90 minutes tops, and I would have, I swear, I would have come out of it going, you know, I mean, it's not like Genius or anything, but that was probably one of Bay's better films. Yeah. It, I mean, that's kind of how I felt about, really, up until Transformers, all of his movies, at least they're paced well, even if they're not short, they're paced in a way that, like, they're right. very watchable. You could, like, passively sure. enjoy them, 
dipping in and out, but this one is like assaultingly boring. Yeah. It's like loudly boring because its pace is so bad. Well, we'll it's- get into the details as soon as we introduce ourselves. I'm Chris, and joining me is Alan. Hello, Marco. Yeah, we, these are the guys I convinced to see the film that even Michael Bay was talking shit about before it actually came out, and this is despite getting generally better reviews than any any of his recent films. Well, he's an artist, Chris, and artists are never satisfied with their own work. I think it broke his heart that Spielberg was like, enough with the Transformers shit, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently gave him a come to Jesus meeting about the Transformers movies. Like, stop it. (laughs) I gave you this franchise because I thought you were the next me and... Jesus Christ, what have you become? What you've got in this story is Will Sharp, played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who recently has turned into kind of a big star, is appearing mm-hmm. in all kinds of stuff, and is one of those actors that were always like, oh yeah, I love that guy. I'm totally excited to see him in anything. And he plays an ex-war veteran who, you know, the beginning of this film is him with his wife. He's on the phone with insurance companies. And like, they are clear. He's like spent weeks just trying to get a human being on the phone. He needs money for this experimental surgery for that's way more than any normal person could get, like $231,000. He doesn't know what to do. He lies to his wife, said, yeah, insurance is going to help us. And then he lies to her again, says, I'm going out to a job interview. She's like, okay, well, uh, d- don't talk to your brother, Danny. Uh, okay. <laughs> and he immediately gets on the phone. Hey, Danny. Yes, I'm coming to you right now. Yeah. His brother, Danny, is played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And I know what you're saying. Many characters in the movie pointed out as well. He was uh, apparently adopted by Gyllenhaal's family, who were not good people, but they were really good brothers together. They grew up very warm and very close. As they got older, one went one way, Mateen went into the army, the other went the other way and became a criminal like their father, who was apparently a real piece of work. One of the reasons why the mom is like, just stay away from him, okay, a guy's trouble. But he goes, because like, look, I know you do well, I know you have a lot of money. I mean, we see he's working in something to do with expensive supercars. Like security for like a, running the security for this garage. I, I was not unclear. It's not clear. Yeah, but it's only like, there because Michael Bay has a car fetish. Yeah, he he asked us like here i'm gonna call on all my friends in hollywood with super badass cars yeah. and i promise we're not even driving them They'll i know the, that's why the budget is 40 million for this one it's like instead of blowing up all these expensive ones we're just gonna shoot them in a garage <laughs> exactly and then we'll blow up the cop cars but he's like all right jake gyllenhaal's character danny is like i got this gig going right now and i that's great that you're here because uh we're gonna solve both of our problems because you're gonna make like several million dollars from this gig along with me and you, you have to go right now we need a driver and he's like wait what what the no i'm not doing that and he's like Almost immediately, he's doing it, and he's got a gun, and he's back in the van, and they're going to a bank to rob it with a whole crew of people, including, by the way, this actor who deserves so much better, and I, I don't even know what his name is offhand right now, but he's on the American version of Ghosts that we've started watching recently, a remake of a British show, and he plays this like ghost of a Viking, and he is the standout um, funny star. About, he's yeah. the standout funny star of that show. You're like, oh my god, I love this guy so much, and here he's just like growling extra number three (laughs) god damn it give that guy better roles with funny stuff to do anyway so they're there meanwhile there's another side story with isa gonzalez who is an emt and they set up set up for the beginning well she's like the best emt there is but no one wants to work with her because she's a cold-hearted bitch 
So these two <laughs> stories are going to come together because the bank robbery goes horribly awry almost immediately because they literally have no plan. <laughs> it's like the worst, dumbest plan ever. Like they established later, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, he's like a long time. The FBI's wanted him forever. He's doing like 30, gotten away with like 37 bank robberies. I'm like, how? <laughs> and also somehow LAPD SWAT team is on standby because they've anticipated they yeah, were going to rob been this place. Watching the guy. I thought yeah. at first it was another gang yeah. that was scoping yeah. out it's to rip very them off. Kind of, apparently they were watching the New York crew, which is like not explained, but a lot of his crew doing this. Yeah. Well, it's not explained, but one guy's just like, hey, you know, I'm from New York. I'll get your mom's the, like, he's like doing the most <laughs> thick, ridiculous New York accent. Right. So it's like, oh, this is the New York crew, but it's never explained or even like, there's no reason for it. Anyway, to make a long story short, they're immediately involved in a massive shootout as hundreds of police and SWAT are out there firing at them. Their flunkies, of which they have many, are, are shooting and then getting shot and dying until eventually it's really just down to Danny and Will is like, fuck, what are we going to do? They encounter a cop in the parking garage underneath the bank. Will, not unintentionally, but sort of like a matter of military instinct, ends up shooting him. And then is like, yeah. fuck, what did it's I do? Of, that's also kind of confusing. An ambulance driven by a super paramedic cam shows up uh, on a call to come help this cop. And they're like, ooh, an ambulance. That's our way out. So they basically abduct the cop who is bleeding out rapidly. The EMT, a play by Isaac Gonzalez. And they're like, well, we'll get out of here just by being an ambulance. Almost immediately, the cops clue into this, though, and go like, <laughs> oh, shit, these guys are in this ambulance. And this is the first 15 minutes of this film, of this 136-minute film. Yeah, it's like it feels like it's like a pre-credit. It happens, it gets into it so quickly. And yeah. the rest of it is just them being chased across L.A. in a way that you're just going, there is literally no way out of this because... First off, you robbed a bank without masks. Video surveillance would have picked up your identities almost immediately because one of you was in the military and the other is a known <laughs> profile yeah. by the FBI guy. You're like, you're going to jail. There is no escape here. The movie doesn't really discuss that. It's like, okay, whatever. We can still get away. While the police officer is dying in the back, they're going with the only thing that's going to keep us from basically the cops just shooting this ambulance with a missile <laughs> is the fact that we've got a cop in the back and we're keeping him alive. So you have the whole, we're running from the cops while we're also going through phases of, Oh no, he's flatlining. We got to save him. Like save him as well as slowly having Will Sharp's character who already is in deep regret of ever saying yes to his brother of going more and more, Whatever happens here, I'm going to make sure that nothing happens to this cop and to this paramedic and more and more being on their side. So there's definitely a lot of I can see where this movie is going yeah. very early on. Yeah, but And if you're listening to this and thinking like this sounds badass, like a great premise. You're right. It does sound badass and like a great premise. But the movie just like, has no idea what to do with this. Yeah. It's just turn on the action. All right, cops are coming in. Turn on the action. Turn on the action. Um, okay, we need to have a conversation. Turn off the action. Yeah. Okay, and then we're talking, talking. Oh, you know what? It's kind of getting slow. Let's turn on the action again. And it just does that like four to six it, times. It repeats a lot of beats. And that Danish film, which I tried, just for the point of comparison, I tried to watch it before this screening. I could not find a copy available streaming or for rent or to purchase online. I don't know why. It's not an old film. But yeah, apparently the idea was... Some filmmakers said, hey, we don't have a ton of money, but we got this really smart, clever idea. We can shoot it almost entirely in one location, largely in the back of this ambulance. We can do it in this lean, mean running time of 80 minutes on a modest budget and just really... <laughs> 
stretch our resources and make something sort of smart and fun with such a simple high concept premise. So of course the Hollywood remake is going to cost like eight times as much and be three times as long. I mean, I don't know what that original cost, but at 40 million, that's insane. This only cost 40 million because they blow up cars like, well, police cars specifically in this, like the blues brothers. Yeah. It's just like hundreds of police cars are destroyed and demolished in this thing because First off, Yahya Abdul Mateen II must be like the best driver in the world, which they do comment upon. Yeah. He's driving a fucking ambulance and he's just taking out fucking cop cars left and right, who most of the time are just taking themselves out by because they're must be just the worst drivers. Well, see, and that's what it goes to like the thing that's really frustrating about this movie is it's Michael Bay, so it's shot really well. It's it looks every scene like every shot looks incredible because yeah. he's good at that. But what's lacking is the editing. And yeah. I don't mean just like the pace, like literally the action editing is confusing. It's confounding. There are wrecks that happen or you don't see the cause or like the after and like a huge wreck will happen and then a cut will happen and there's no wreckage anywhere around it. It's yeah. just the action is so poorly edited that it makes it there's no tension yeah, in so, any of the in any of these beautiful shots. And Bay gets his like his trademark zooming, whirling, spinning shots, and they look great. But yeah, as you're trying to follow the action, you're like, well, I guess cars crashed. Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> there's a scene early on when the when the bank robbery goes south, as it inevitably will. The cops and the robbers are shooting at one another. It's a block to block showdown with the LAPD, and you're listening to it and watching it. You know, thinking of the sound design, I'm like. This is Michael Mann's heat, except it shot incoherently. Yeah. In that action sequence, which lasted a long time, you felt like you knew where those guys started, where they ended up, which directions they all went, who was involved. Here, I literally could not tell how far they got. I'm like, I think that guy took 10 minutes to travel about eight yeah. feet. And there's it's, like, it's Michael Bay's warm. And there's a, yeah, there's <laughs> 8 million cop characters that are given a little bit to do, like just enough of a character where you're like, okay, that's a person that does that thing. The main one is Garrett Dillahunt, uh, who's the captain of this thing. At first, I thought that was Johnny Knoxville when he was wearing sunglasses. <laughs> that that would have been Johnny a choice. Knoxville. I would have liked that. Would have been a choice for sure. I mean, I love Garrett Dillahunt. No, I really great. do. But like, He's there to say something snarky and mildly funny in the clips that you're like, okay, well, I guess he's still there. But then inexplicably later in the film, they introduce an FBI agent, Keir O'Donnell, who for some reason, I guess Bay just patting himself on the back makes him a gay guy. And you're like, okay, I mean, Progress. that's, rel it, that's relevant when it's relevant here. Yeah. It's just like, like I said, it feels like him patting himself on the but back. But in classic <laughs> Bay fashion and like the mean streak that kind of goes through all his movies, he's introduced in a way that sort of seems to be like, making fun of the fact that he's in therapy with his husband. Yeah. Throughout all base films, there's always like these little pot shots taken at gay people or therapy in yeah. general or anyone who needs any sort of help. Like it's still he has to be yeah, a he's still gotta be macho. But yeah. the the part that got the biggest laugh from the critics around us and uh, us <laughs> as well was like they bring him in, he's like, Oh yeah, I've been chasing this guy. It's like we were friends. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, what? Like you know, wait, no, we knew it, each other like, in college. We were buddies. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm the one guy who can catch him. Why? Because we were friends? And he's like yeah, okay, let's go. It's, like, <laughs> it's really funny. I mean, you, okay, that was one of the big inadvertent laughs. I'm not going to spoil them because there's a couple, but listen carefully and you will find out that this is the movie that proves that Michael Bay is canon within his own films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Bay movies exist in the Michael Bay universe. Yeah. The Bayiverse. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. Probably not first. 
No, you know, yeah. Well, you know, no. somebody else is going to say it. <laughs> There's some other, like, well, one, I think it's meant to be funny, but, and it's I definitely can't spoil funny. this, but it is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in an action movie. It involves FaceTime, some other doctors via <laughs> FaceTime. And it was an insanely long sequence of something that I couldn't believe what I was yeah, watching. As dumb as the initial plot is, like, come on, how are you seriously an experienced bank robber? You'll immediately go like, this is dumb. No, this is not even a plan. You forget about all that once it starts getting into the shit with the cop who's in medical trouble in there and what happens with that. Because there's a point where the guy is, like, really, pretty much, they'll say, well, he died on the table, <laughs> you know, and, and they brought him back type of thing. But then they just forget about him for, like, an <laughs> hour. Yeah. <laughs> just like, wait, yeah, I'm well, sure he's he fine. He was in stable condition. I'm yeah. sure he By was. which I mean he was unconscious. <laughs> and possibly legally dead for a brief period of time. Off and on during that Off period. On, you know? I, there's just so much there that's dumb, but I wouldn't mind all that because, like I said, I like the sparseness of the idea. I like the way Bay shoots it, although I agree the editing desperately needed work. I really like, and weirdly some critics have criticized this, but I really like the way that Jake Gyllenhaal plays Danny as this ridiculously over-the-top, very Michael Bay character, but he's fun to watch. You're like, here's a bad guy who actually does kind of have layers. I'm like... I wish they had explored more of that because you get the feeling, and a lot of this has to do because Gyllenhaal is one of our best actors right now, that he gives you the feeling there's so much more going on with this guy. And then Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, although I think they overly intensify him with the whole, I'm the serious guy who you know is going to end up making the right decision, is still really giving it his all. Everybody is pretty good in this overall in a Michael Bay sense. But yeah, it just comes down to Jesus fucking Christ, it's so long. And because of the simplicity of the story, which they try in the third act to add some stuff to make it like way over the top. Out of left field. Which out of left field that is just even more dumb and implausible. You're like, come on, guys. Then I'm like, if you had cut all that out and then cut 45 minutes from this movie and just kept it at this tighter running time, then you would have had a pretty goddamn solid little Michael Bay film. But as it is, it's the same action sequence over and over and over and over again till you go, for fuck's sakes, I don't need to see all of L.A. (laughs) You will see a lot of L.A. in this. Honestly, I kept thinking, man, I wish... Michael Mann were directing this because it would be close to three hours, but it would feel like a novel. It would be epic. It would have space to breathe and these characters would be more developed. That would be an awesome movie. That's not the movie we got. So fine. If we're going to just do it Michael Mann like only dumb, (laughs) then keep it short. Keep it short and sweet and to the point. I can't be strong enough in saying that really is this film's biggest problem. Yeah. All our criticisms about this movie, the general ones, you could, even lobby at like The Rock or Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. But the difference is they are edited well and there's a pace to them that like they're so watchable and they're entertaining. Yeah. All the movies have characters that don't act like real human beings. They also have great sound editing. This movie has terrible, terrible sound, yeah. sound editing. It's like really like the way it's shot, the action, like the performances, the dumb lines, the incomprehensible story, like the implausibility of it all. You could say that about all of his movies, like literally every single one, but some of them are good and yeah. some of them are shit. And this is just like, it's not clicking. I, I check this movie is, I believe, approximately six minutes longer than Pain and Gain. One Pain of his Gain, better films. Which I think is by a mar- a considerable margin, I think the best thing he's done. Oh, okay. Uh, and, you know, it's just, if I got to find something in Michael Bay's body of work that I'm like, 
this has some elements here that I can see the good Being movie. Said, you have to be aware while watching that film that if you want watch it seriously, you're going to think it's terrible. Right. But if you realize it's Michael Bay taking the piss out of himself, then you'll have then a great you time enjoy with it. it. <laughs> but it is six minutes longer than that movie, and yet it feels 30 minutes longer. Yeah. And that movie, as dumb as it was, it moved pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's the pace. And it's like, a, that's an epic crime story. This is all in one day ambulance chase. Like, there's no reason for it to be this long. Yeah, agreed. Well, let's go to final thoughts, Al, and continue into your um, final thoughts. I actually ride with Bay up until Transformers, generally. Like, even Pearl Harbor, it's not good, mm. but, like, it's one of those, like, it's on TNT, and it's taking up fireworks of the day, if you watch it in the background. There I are scenes you can watch and be like, you know, these are pretty people, and there's the, here's the attack, here's this. Like, it's all melodramatic and ridiculous, but it's watchable. Like, at, as bottom line, this, like, I would flip the channel. Like, I'm like, this is. Like, I can't take I can't 136 take this. minutes it's of this. Yeah. Um, and, and really, that's kind of been my mode with him since he got into the Transformers world. Like, nothing's really worked for me. And I was kind of, I was very hopeful of this because I love me a Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, he's been like so good and shit, like lately. It, I, I know the trailer worked. I was like, this is going to be good. I think this is going to be Michael Bay's back. This is like dumb and it's lean and it's going to be fun. And then, the movie opened, I was like, oh, we're doing it. We're getting right into the ambulance chase. Like, it's happening right off the bat. And then it felt like a day later, and they were still in the ambulance. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, like how long can this thing last? I mean, we always say when movies are over long, hey, that guy needs an editor that they trust. And no. because of the fact the editing is so bad, we're like, man, nobody needs an editor they trust more, <laughs> more than Michael really. Bay. Because <laughs> it's, it's a shame, too, because things look so... Like, we were talking about how well his shots are composed. And they are. It's like... But the difference is there's no like intentionality behind them. Like they don't, the shots aren't beautiful to make a point about the story or a character. They're beautiful because he wants it to look really slick and clean. He does. And that is it. The editor does this thing when in the middle of Bay's trademark type of shots that gives it a feeling of staticness of like where you're like usually like you watch the rock and the way the camera spins around everything feels very continuous the camera always feel like even when it cuts to another shot that it's you're still, still moving, moving yeah. in the same direction this doesn't do that this constantly cuts in a jagged way in the middle of those shots you're like what what's happening what who did that who would who would break up that cool shot yeah, that exactly, way yeah. well there's a lengthy scene where those two guys are having a conversation and they are just walking around each other while the camera is walking around them and i'm like it was very michael bay I, yeah. I feel bad for the actors because you know they're going this is completely an unnatural way to play this scene but fuck it that's yeah. what that's, that's what a michael bay shot and, yeah. and also to speak to that scene specifically like that's it seemed and you could tell it was like cut together from like at least 10 to 15 different takes because the performances aren't the same like conversation to conversation. Right. Like there are some scenes where someone's like way more up and way like it's a disservice to those like actors performances because it was like all over the place and spinning. And it was like, it was just like, this is too much. Like when we got out, the first thing I said was this, that was very loud and boring, <laughs> which is two of the worst things you'd be like in combination with each other. So I'm going to give it a four out of 10 flamingos. What about you, Marco? I might actually be a little nicer to this than some of you guys are going to be, because I generally don't like Michael Bay. But he is that rare director who I always end up defending, even though I don't like any of his movies. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, he is an auteur. An auteur doesn't mean you you make good movies. It just means you're kind of consistent. Ed Wood was an auteur. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, you watch a Michael Bay film, you know you're watching a Michael Bay film. Yeah. There's no question about it. And what he does, 
he does very well. It's just, this is a movie like, I like nachos. I like ice cream. I like, you know, Cokes and pizza. And this feels like Michael Bay going, oh, you like that? Here's some. And here's some more. Would you like another nacho? Here's some ice cream. Would you like Pop Rocks? I was like, like Michael, stop. I, Dude, I'm done. I've had enough. He is a total maximalist. And I really do think someone needs to just sit him down and go, dude, you are great. Ease up. Yeah. You don't need to keep piling it on. You don't trust your own story. That shot we're talking about, which is kind of an important conversation between the two brothers. It's an early conversation where it's kind of just laying out their dynamic and their history. And you can see Michael Bay going, that's three pages of dudes talking. That's gay shit. No <laughs> man wants to sit around and watch two pretty men talk about their feelings. I need to have them running all around this set and having the camera flying around. He doesn't trust the audience. He doesn't trust himself. When he's doing action, it's great. The problem is he never gives his film any time to breathe. And anything that would feel like a real moment that could actually allow the film to have a pace and to breathe and a pulse, he just overshoots it. And it's really frustrating. He's always this close to being great. And he always disappoints me. Yet I still had some fun with this. I think if you turn your brain off, you might enjoy it. But piss before the movie starts, because it's way too long. <laughs> I give this five and a half out of ten improbably strong hair clips. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I think, a little bit more with you on this one. I think this is actually maybe one of his better films. I want a fan edit of this. Mm. I want to see someone go and chop that 45 minutes yeah. out, because as dumb as some of the stuff is, and like we said before, the best Michael Bay films are still filled with really dumb, implausible shit. It wouldn't matter if this was 90 minutes. I would watch the shit out of a 90-minute version of this and go like, yeah, that was fun. That last hour, I was like, this can't still be going on, can it? How is this still movie still going? It is one of those things. And I still think that a lot of audiences, general audiences, are going to respond positively to this overall because it does all the schmaltzy heart stuff that audiences connect with in movies like this. It, the characters are all really fun to watch together. I mean, the, the tightest moments in this film are just when the three main leads are talking to each other in the ambulance. Those are the best parts of this film. The action scenes are really fun at first, but after a while, you realize this is all just the same action scene over and over again. Yeah. I, like I wouldn't it. be surprised if there were, like, same shots of cars exploding. Right. Like, like yeah, if you reuse the shots. It's that same. Hey, they may have taken shots from other Bay movies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, $40 million. Who would be surprised? But... Yeah, in the end, it's a disappointment, but it's certainly better than anything else he's done recently, with the exception of Pain and Gain. So I'm going to go with you and give it five and a half out of ten uh, lowriders outfitted with miniguns. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, anyway? I had no Some idea. B.A. Baracus last minute 18 <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> hey, man. You come to my old neighborhood, you need a lowrider with a minigun and only have 20 minutes, but you got $8 million? Yeah, we'll put it together for you. 